everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Theodore Pendragon, and today I have another special guest. As you know, all my guests are special. We have Lucy Bird Hope, and she was referred to me by her publicist, Brigetta Tamarchio. Welcome, Lucy. Hi, it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you're very welcome, and I have your resume. And I don't even know where to start. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? For sure. So I am an author. I just had a book come out, Daily Alignment. And I'm very big in the holistic world. I'm a holistic guide. So I see clients one-on-one and promote energy wellness using Reiki and shamanic practices. And I'm also involved in a holistic beverage company. So a lot in the mind, body, spirit world. That's what I'm all about. So how did this all begin? I would say what really motivated me was pain. Honestly, I went through a lot of trauma about four to five years ago. And that pain pushed me to seek and be open to any sort of alternative medicine or new practice that I could engage with. I had always been interested in the mind. I studied psychology in in college. And it was really, though, through this metamorphosis of being pushed to try new things that I tried Reiki and fell in love with it. And that I ventured into my first mind, body, spirit expo, which is where I met so many wonderful teachers and mentors that have guided me and just loved learning more about the community and being involved in it. Through your trauma, you were trying to find answers, and you went down the path of alternative spirituality. Exactly. Were you spiritual before that? I was spiritual. I had gone through some religious trauma in my life where it made me opposed to, honestly, I was atheist for a little bit. And then I was able to reestablish that relationship with my higher power and view it from a spiritual lens instead of a religious lens. And for me, that was really beneficial. I've met quite a few people who follow a different path, like you and me and most of the listeners. And 
I've met many people who have experienced religious trauma. Can you tell us about yours? Yeah. Mine was mostly mental and emotional. It was, I started asking questions around religion and the faith that I was in. I was Episcopalian, grew up Episcopalian, and I was so shocked when my questions were met with um, not only a form of denial, but a form of like, how could you kind of things, you know, like one of my big questions was, so you're telling me that every other person who was just born into any other religion than this one is what going to hell or they've got like they've got it wrong so you're telling me everyone else has got it wrong like what if we all just maybe have nuggets of the truth like what if we're more united than divided and that was just not received well and I was my my sanity almost was questioned and I really really struggled with that and it made me think well if I can't ask questions, then I don't want to be a part of this. You know, it, it didn't make me feel safe that I wasn't allowed to ask questions. You were told that you were on the right path and anybody else who did not follow this religion was going to hell or somewhere else? Well, yeah. I mean, essentially on the wrong path, right? And I just couldn't understand how everyone else had got it completely wrong. That just didn't make sense to me to just to just be, especially because so much of this is taught from birth. So it's, it's just kind of like, so everyone else is just being born awful. That doesn't make any sense to me, you know? I mean, and that wasn't, that was more of an interpretation that I was taking. That wasn't like what I was being preached. It was just, that was what I concluded based on the dogma and based on the rules. Um, and asking questions around that was not received. I know what you mean by questions and what's the right path. I remember when I, not when I was first alerted, but it was one of those times it's like, I've had enough of this. My first husband and I were getting ready to go overseas and I had just had a baby or we had just had a baby. And he was adamant about having the baby baptized in the Catholic church. And I I said, we have too much going on. We just need to move. Let's go overseas. Let's just take care of everything later. He was so upset that I did not want to have the baby baptized before we went overseas. Now, he made it happen. He found the godparents and said, this is what we have to do. I said, well, what's the hurry? Well, you know, if the plane crashes into the ocean, I don't want my son to go to purgatory. I thought, this is nuts. Absolutely nuts. I mean. An innocent baby. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That was where a lot of my questions came from. How, you know, to look at something so new and innocent and pure and to think that and then these certain dogma and rules apply. Yeah, it just didn't check didn't check out for me. But I found spirituality to be a much 
broader lens. And honestly, I still, I enjoy like comparative religion. And I do, I do enjoy the love and and the beauty and the compassion that comes from many different religions. I just don't subscribe to the dogma and the rules part. But I do think that there is beauty there. It's just about seeing the beauty and letting go of maybe where the humanness got involved and tried to do some controlling. What I have seen with a lot of these organized religions is it's fear-based and people are so afraid to break the rules. And so they live their lives in fear. Like, hey, we should have all love and light, you know, let's just be happy. Exactly, exactly. And I feel like the higher powers that exist are love. I feel like that love is constantly being given to us. And that's kind of the language of the universe. And we have free will to choose love and light or to choose more of darkness. But it's really up to us. And that love, that source energy is available and flowing to us at all times. Absolutely. And I find that fear is really cutting off that connection, honestly. And that's really where humans get more involved is using that fear as a tool. You received your first and second level of shamanic mastery. And you're currently completing your third level. Tell us what that entails. Yeah. So I have loved shamanic studies. So I have a wonderful mentor that I met at a Mind Body Spirit Expo, and he has guided me. And my first level was really all about self discovery. I was basically told that I would be pulling out all the pieces of me and putting them in front of me, and then sifting and sorting and keeping what I wanted and what served me and what was helping me live my purpose and other and help others around me, and then just let go of anything that no longer resonated or was an outdated truth or outdated belief or maybe something I had been taught that just didn't didn't really align with me anymore. So that level one was all about self-discovery. And we went in deep to the corners and recesses and every little part of me and pulled it all out. A lot of darkness too, a lot of darkness. And then I was able to have that all in front of me and see it and really choose what I wanted to keep and have be a part of me. And in the second level mastery, I started learning techniques that I could use. So there are a lot of incredible breathing techniques that I learned from different cultures. And then I learned a lot about the different bodies. So we have a physical body, we have an emotional body, we have a mental body, and we have a spiritual body. And so I learned a lot about how to pinpoint each of those bodies, and then how to keep them at their highest well-being. How can I have my mental body at its best, my physical body, my emotional body, and my spiritual body? It's really a lot broader compass than just thinking of me. It helps me to be able to have those different levels and then work on the health within them. And then another really neat concept was learning about the different selves that are in me. So identifying and highlighting and working with 
all versions of me. So I have a professional self. I have a playful self. I have a child self. I have a mothering self. I have a friend self. I have all of these different selves. And by recognizing each of them and then spending time intentionally with each of them, I can now call upon the one that will serve me best in any situation or have a council of selves where I come to a decision by bringing together multiple parts of me to make that decision. So that was a lot of the learnings in that. And now in the third level, I am learning about basically creating my own specific practice is what the third level is about. So yeah, it's been a wonderful journey. And we all have different selves. And the way I think of it is that we wear different hats for the occasion and for the person. The audience, the place. Exactly. Kind of like we dress for the occasion. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Can you tell us more about your book, Daily Alignment? Definitely, definitely. So I actually never set out to write a book. I was just going through trauma, as I mentioned a couple years ago, and every day I would wake up just feeling awful. I mean, awful. And then throughout the day, though, whether it's from a friend or a therapist or some literature I read, I would have a technique that would have me feeling better. And by the end of the day, I'd be doing okay. But then the next morning when I woke up, I'd be feeling awful again. And so to circumvent this pattern, I started writing down the things I learned during the day and putting them on a piece of paper right beside my bed. And the moment I woke up, I would grab the paper and read from it and replace all my thoughts with those healthy habits that I had learned. And the pages became pages on pages on pages, and I self-bound them into a book for myself. And some friends and family noticed I was doing a bit better and asked what the catalyst was. And I shared with them about the book, and I was encouraged to publish it. And here we are. So it was a very organic journey for me, for sure. So really, the book is a compilation of all the many tips and techniques, like I mentioned, that I found on my journey that helped me get to a better place to to really just feel better. In, in any of those bodies I mentioned, physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, just anything I could do to feel better, I chronicled and then put into this book. And now I'm sharing it with anyone else that it can help. And who can this book help? I would say anyone, definitely anyone who is working with anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, PTSD, overwhelm, crisis, stress. Any of those sort of things, it's helpful for. It's also just great for anyone who wants to just align themselves continually with positive habits that will benefit their well-being. So I, I will be creating a series of children's books off of it so that even children can read it. Learn and use these tools from an early age. We may not have to go so far off course and then have to learn all the tools to get back on course. I love envisioning people just having the tools from a young age so they can just stay on course and maybe not have to experience so much of the pain. And I have met more and more authors who are writing books for children and they're teaching books like what you're talking about. You know, we had books when I was a child too, but not to the extent that 
we have now and what's available on, on the internet, you know, hopefully one day the little people who grew up to be big people won't even need therapists anymore because they'll be their own therapist. Exactly. Exactly. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Right? How beautiful to just have that alignment and skill set from an early age. I mean, even something as simple as intentional breathing, to be taught that from an early age is so powerful. You also have a podcast. Yes, I do. It's the Live Holism Podcast. So I co-own a holistic beverage company, and my business partner and I, Ryan Givens, every week get on the Live Holism podcast, and we share what we've done to stay whole and nourished and aligned physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually that week. So it's kind of like a live chronicling of whatever challenges we faced and then how we overcame them, what tools we used, what new concepts came to us, what ways we are navigating our journey. And then we we share it with each other with a lot of laughter and um, share it with anyone who can resonate or benefit from what we've been through. Oh, that sounds lovely. You take that opportunity to kind of laugh at yourself about things that happened during the week? Yeah, yeah. We'll share. So for example, maybe physically, we'll talk about ways that we're working with our nutrition or, or, or maybe we're what I like to call swinging the pendulum. So with, with everything in life, this is a Taoist concept. We have a natural path that is the balanced middle order of things. And then we have a pendulum that swings between two extremes in that area. So for example, with nutrition, I went on vacation this past week and I let my pendulum swing to the extreme of eating anything I wanted, anytime I wanted, any day I wanted. And now as I'm getting back um, from vacation, I'm monitoring my pendulum and swinging it the other way towards more nutritious um, fruits and vegetables and foods like that. So that's just one example from a physical aspect, but we'll talk about what we've been doing with breathing techniques or working out or anything like that. And then mentally, emotionally, like books we've been reading or movies we've found or things we're doing to cope with anxiety or depression and how that's helping us. So yeah, lots of times we will laugh at the darkness that's come up and then find a way to turn our pain into purpose and make something good come out of it that can benefit us. So when you went on vacation, you fell off the wagon? <laughs> yes, but intentionally. So it's a less of a falling off and there's less guilt and shame or anything during it because I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to intentionally let my pendulum swing. So that intentionality is what helps a lot with the enjoyment of it and then the rebalancing of it. Just the awareness, really. That's what I tell myself when I eat a bag of jelly beans and three slices of cake. <laughs> exactly. As long as you do it in awareness, then you're doing it. You know, that's really the journey to just be in awareness. It sounds like your podcast is a lot of fun. <laughs> it, it's not boring it like mine. No, don't be silly. <laughs> There's anything but. <laughs> you went from surviving to thriving 
with 85 coping skills. That sounds like a lot of coping skills. Can you give us a little idea of what some of those are? Totally, totally. So I like to start with skills that involve the body to really ground first. So some easy ones to tap into when you start your day or anytime during the day are connecting to your senses. So anytime we connect to our senses, it brings us into the present moment and forces our attention away from our thoughts. So simply labeling what you can see, what you can smell, what you can taste, what you can touch, and what you can hear is a way to ground and helps with anxiety and depression. Hearing, interestingly enough, is our fastest sense evolutionarily that helped our ancestors be readily alerted of approaching danger. And for us, how we can use that is that if, for me, if my mind is going going haywire, I will simply stop and label everything in my environment that I can hear. And so that is everything from the hum of the air conditioner unit to right now I hear my dog drinking water to my breathing to birds chirping outside. Anything in your home, the outside environment, or within your body are sounds. And just by engaging with that activity, you are refocusing your mind on something other than your thoughts. And another way to get into your body is intentional breathing. So that is an easy one is counted breathing. There are a lot of great breathing techniques, but when you wake up, just breathing in for the count of four, holding for the count of four, breathing out for the count of six, and holding for the count of four. Doing that three times when you first wake up or any time throughout your day taps your body into your parasympathetic nervous system which is your rest and digest, your calm state. You have a lower heart rate and lower blood pressure in that state. And another really great body one is to mentally scan your body. This has been shown as a really easy way to lower cortisol in the body. So you just simply mentally bring awareness to the different parts of your body, your feet, your legs, your torso, your neck, your arms, your face, And you just simply observe any sensations that arise and let them pass and let those muscles relax and release. And it's wild how just bringing awareness to parts of your body, you'll feel yourself like unclenching things that you didn't even realize you were clenching. So those are some really easy body ones and some of my favorite mental concepts. So once I'm grounded in my body, I'll play with some mental concepts. So A really fun one is called um, Engaging with Positive Aspects. So this is an Abraham Hicks concept, who is a wonderful spiritual teacher. And it's basically the concept of labeling anything in your environment or your day or yourself that uplifts you and fulfills you and brings you joy. And it's a little different than gratitude because it's a version of gratitude, but gratitude can sometimes feel difficult when we're in times of like depression to reach for something to be grateful for. So positive aspects instead is just labeling anything in your environment that you are find positive. So for example, if you wake up, maybe what's positive is the feel of your pillow under your head. Maybe your sheets are really soft. Maybe there's sunlight streaming in your window. Maybe there are beautiful birds chirping. Maybe you like the color of the paint on your wall. 
Maybe you enjoy the temperature of the room. So you see, it's these things that are very just simple and in your environment and natural for you to label. And this habit of aligning yourself with positive aspects can build momentum and bring more positive aspects in your day as your vibrations are now attuned to that. I like that. <laughs> Some fun ones. And I'll share one more. It is one of my favorites it is an activity that you can do anytime you find yourself overwhelmed or in crises or any sort of stress. It's called the mammalian dive response. And it's a response in your body that is brought on when you put a cold washcloth on your forehead, eyes, and nose. Or if you're brave, dip your face into an ice bath. Whatever gets your forehead, nose, and eyes cold. And so when you do that, it tricks your body to think you're suddenly underwater, which brings about this mammalian dive response. So that's an automated reaction in your body that lowers your pulse, lowers your heart rate, and increases the flow of blood to your brain. So within 30 seconds of doing this exercise, it's been scientifically shown to help cognitive thought come back and clarity of thought and for a calm state to go over your body with that lowered heart rate and lowered pulse. It's a really easy hack. And I have a couple more hacks like that in the book that are just fun things to do in times when you need that relief. And your book is Daily Alignment. I will put the link to your book in my notes and also the link to your website, your podcast, and your Instagram. Yes, thank you. You can get the book on Amazon. It's Daily Alignment by Lucy Bird Hope, Bird with a Y. And then my website is just lucybirdhope.com. And Lucy Bird Hope is also my Facebook and Instagram. It's been a pleasure having you on the show, Lucy. Thank you for coming. And I'm so grateful to your publicist, Bridgetta. So I'm going to have to contact her and tell her, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love Lucy. (laughs) Well, it's been so wonderful to be here as well. I love everything that you're doing and the messages you're sending out. So I'm really honored to be a part of it. Thank you. And you're welcome. Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time, and may your magic always shine.